What's the next myth that um, you hear commonly? Okay, uh, men don't cry. Mm, big one. Yeah, men shouldn't cry. Yeah, I mean, even that alone, I I struggled for many years to cry. The last major time that my I I cried was when um, my dad left. Mm. So I was seventeen, and that was a big cry. But then since then, I just couldn't for so many years, and I definitely took that. To the, makes me if you look back and think, I was told to be man, man of the house at the same time, and I couldn't cry after that. And I was told that it's not, you know, it's not okay to even when you're young. Big boys don't cry. Mm. Be strong. Stay strong. Correct. These are the statements we get programmed with. Exactly. So even if this, like, you're at the time, it, the intention isn't, it's a good thing. It's like you know, you could just kind of get up and carry on. Over time, that conditioning is just hardwired. True. Um, but crying is just a beautiful way to express, and suppressing it is only going to do us more harm than good. So I encourage the men to cry, and actually, sometimes in the circle, men do cry, mm. and. We had one guy share a few weeks back, and it was such a heartbreaking share that every single man had tears in his eyes. Beautiful. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. It's episode five. I can't believe we've finished five episodes already in such a short span of time. And today we have a prolific coach. In fact, he's a specialized men's coach. Though I'm sure he coaches women also if they I don't do. mind. Yeah. And he's also a lifestyle and mindset mentor or personal trainer or motivational speaker. Now, his background is that he worked for 10 years with the UK government and then he shifted his trajectory of his career to become a men's coach, a certified lifestyle and mindset coach. He's uh, learned Jung's masculine archetypes with Alexander. Cottle. He studied NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, breathwork, meditation, and worked with many master coaches in order to offer his clients a wide range of modalities required to make a lasting, lasting impact on their lives. And Adil himself had suffered in silence, suppressed and repressed, and his emotions were numbed. So I want to hear that journey. And this toll, uh, it, it took a toll on his mental health and uh, he hit rock bottom. And this is a story you share with your clients and I want to also hear it today. So please welcome on episode five to talk about the power of men's circles. Adil Hussain, thanks so much for joining us today, Thank buddy. Thank you so much for having me. We finally made it happen. We finally made it happen. We We've been chatting for a long time. We so have. Let's start with, what, what is a men's circle? Okay. Well, okay, straight in, huh? Straight in, because straight the, in. The, the topic today is power of men's circle. Yes. Okay, perfect. A men's circle really is just an opportunity for men to gather and to talk about what's really going on in their lives in a way which is unbound, untethered completely open and honest in a confidential safe space and it's that safety that makes it so powerful and wh why do you feel this doesn't already exist in society is there a taboo that men shouldn't talk i mean i'm, I'm sure men go out to parties and yep. nightclubs and yep. other places or locker rooms and they have you know men's circles but um, you're bringing a very conscious effort to yep. bring men together to do it with awareness that's correct so i mean if i just bring it to my my experience yes i have had i've got really good friends and i cannot always or have not been able to always talk to them about the things that are really going on in my life and i've tried to do that in the past and i've been mm. met with oh why are you trying to bring the energy down mm. let's just keep it fun and light they just want know? to keep it like banter. Uh, we call it banter petty in, in, conversation yeah exactly but i've always been someone that wanted to express and what I've found is that men do want to talk. And whenever I got these guys, the same guys on their own, mm. they could go deep. And, and they would open out. And they can open up. 
right? And these men's circles are powerful because it gives men that safe space to do that mm. with no judgment. Anything can be talked about. That's right. And sometimes these men are sharing things with me or with the group for the first time. Wow. That even in their lives. In their lives. Amazing. They're expressing things that they didn't even know they needed to talk about. But because someone else shared something quite similar, it prompted them. It triggered to, something in them to share that. Exactly. This is beautiful. Yeah. So let us talk about your journey now. Sure. Tell us about the story that you tell all your clients about yeah. how you hit rock bottom and how you grew from there like the phoenix. No, thank you very much. Uh, so it, if I bring it back to my upbringing, so I'm half Indian, half Pakistani. So that alone already, uh, growing up in Southeast London to um, first generation parents in the UK, I grew up very confused with my uh, with who I was. Mm, and your identity. My identity. Um, I know the British separated India and Pakistan, but yeah. they brought you together, brought, brought your parents together. Brought my parents together, but then separated me from my identity at the same time, you know? So I, I was told that I was... Indian and Pakistani, mm. but I didn't feel it. Mm. And I had a set of cultural norms that were put onto me around, you know, men are supposed to be a particular way, mm. be strong. Mm. You're the, you know, you're the, you will eventually become the breadwinner. Um, boys and brothers do this the for their family. Chest thumping yeah. archetype. And my dad was very strong and he had to be. When he came to London in 1970 something, he was bullied and mm. attacked and he had to learn how to fight in order to survive. So he faced like racism. He faced severe racism. Um, and his only way of overcoming that was to fight first. Mm. So when I was born, he wanted me to be tough and strong. Sure. But I was not. I was a, I've always been a lover, not a fighter. And I always felt like I wasn't enough for my dad, right? He wanted me to be strong and tough and confident. And I was none of those things. I was the kid that was last to be picked for the football team. I didn't want to fight. He tried taking me to karate. I couldn't do it. Um, and I was always told that I was too sensitive, mm. you know, like, listen, you, you need to toughen up. And, but they never sat right with me. Fast forward many, many years and my parents separated and I became the man of the house. I was told this, you are now the man of the house. And I had no idea. But what you were living mean. with your mom. I was living with my mom and my sister. We had a six years gap. So I'm 17, she's 16. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what that meant, but it felt like I was meant to know how to fix the kitchen sink, mm. um, do the plumbing, do the plumbing, fix any doors, just be the man about town, right? And what ended up happening was I went to university and I left my mom and my sister at home and the, and the home, as you can imagine, was, was a bit, little bit crazy. Mm. My mom was sad. My mom was sad and it was a hard time. I feel looking back that she was suffering through depression and things just got really, really difficult. Sure. Over the years, I didn't know how to manage this feelings that I was having. The pressure of being the son who should know how to handle it, the pressure of being the older brother and a father figure for my sister, I just didn't know, you know? And this abandonment from my father, we still kept in touch, but mm. that father figure... So you was, felt abandoned? I felt abandoned, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I spent many, many years actually... Because I suppressed a lot of my emotion, I dealt with them through various coping mechanisms. Sure. Emotional spending, emotional eating, bouncing from relationship to relationship, not being able to commit, um, alcohol, uh, just losing myself in all the vices that you can imagine, many of which are very popular here in Dubai. All the things he doesn't recommend now. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I do not. Um, but things hit rock bottom years and years later when I'm, I'm now in debt, Things at home are getting worse. Mm. Um, I end up being at home until the age of 31 with my, with my family because I didn't think I could leave. Sure. And I had emotionally and financially crippled myself into debt as well. 
So I think that looking back at that, I'd done it subconsciously to keep me at home too. And how did the change happen then? The change happened because I ended up getting kicked out of my family home. So literally rock bottom. Yeah. So I got kicked out of my family home. I was in a relationship at the time where I had treated that lady not the best. It's not my finest moment. And we were also trying to repair that relationship. So I was a mess, you know. Um, if we talk about toxic masculinity, I portrayed many of the of mm. the toxic masculine traits, and I didn't know what to do. So you were in the darkness, I and that's darkness. why you had to. And automatically, then you see the light. Well, it wasn't when you automatic. go to the depths of the darkness, I ran away to Morocco. Okay, uh, I went to a, a yoga retreat just because I needed to get away from everything: my partner, my parents, my sister, like everyone. And I met a Reiki healer, beautiful, called, called Kate. And shout I, out to Kate. Yes, shout out to Kate. I had no experience with Reiki at all in my life, but I had nothing to lose. I didn't even tell her about the relationship with my mom, but intuitively it flowed into that. Mm. And she she allowed me to express myself and she took on the energy of my of my mom. And she allowed me to have conversations with my mom that I had not had. I had so much resentment towards my mother, so much resentment. I didn't feel the love uh, from her at all. I didn't appreciate the love that she gave because I couldn't understand it. I didn't know, I didn't know about love languages or anything. And what Kate showed me and told me was that you were, all these years you've been trying to look after your mum. You've been trying to parent the parent and that's not how the mm. energy flows. The energy flows from the parent to the son and daughter and that's just the way it goes. And you had all the expectations on you that didn't need to be there. Correct. So the expectations didn't meet the reality. Exactly. So you just, you felt it all, but you did, it wasn't yours. All that love that you gave, all that time at home wasn't yours to give. You didn't need to do that. And she gave me this sound bowl. She said, this sound bowl represents all the extra love that you like, didn't... Like a Tibetan yeah, sound exactly. bowl. Okay. She, she was holding it in front of me and said, this represents all the love that you gave to your mother that you didn't need to. And you can take it back. And I burst into tears. I burst into tears. And I said, how can I take back this love? This, was, this is for my mum. I can't do this. Mm. And she says, no, you can. And she's obviously speaking as my mum. Yes. And she said, no, I, I have enough. And I'm here for you. And even though I knew it wasn't my mum, it felt like it was at the same time. Wow. I took back the bowl. And I instantly felt a relief, physical release from my shoulders. And I just started crying again. Beautiful. And then she hugged me. And I realized that the love for my mom was always there. But if ever I'm not feeling that love, the answer is to be love. And that was my message that I took away. Wow. Be the love you want to see. Be the love you want to receive. And have those conversations. And because I was able to have the conversation, even though it wasn't really with my mom... It did a lot of good. And then from that moment, I realized that I was quite lucky that Mm. I didn't have dark, dark thoughts. And I wasn't in a severe depression and didn't suffer um, in the way that I've seen. You've seen other people. Exactly. Um, So in in perspective, you're actually feeling gratitude that you met this Reiki healer on time. Exactly. But what I realized then, I was like, there must be... Millions of men going through this same thing, not talking to anyone about it, just feeling like life is just getting to them. They're going to work, they're, you know, they're feeling insecure about their bodies, they're spending money emotionally, they're eating emotionally, they hate their jobs, or they feel the pressures from family, but they're not talking about it. Mm. I'm, I need to go out there and get men talking Beautiful. about it. Beautiful, what a purpose. That's, so that's where it came from. Awesome. And then I went home, and I actually separated from my partner, because I just knew that I needed to just... Start fresh. Start fresh. Um, and I knew that I wasn't the right person for her because of the journey that I needed to go on. And that began, that, that began the journey for me. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. 
Episode number five with my special guest Adil Hussain, a men's coach, lifestyle and mindset mentor, personal trainer, and motivational speaker. And today we're talking about the power of men's circles. How many men's circles have you done in the last few like months or weeks? Oh, I mean, I do them. Every, I do them every week. This is fantastic. It's been the last year. I wanted to ask you. So, what kind of men come to your men's circle, and why do they come? Oh, okay, that's a great question. Um, Every kind of man comes to my circle. First of all, so we have every nationality you could think of that that come to the circle, and that's the beauty of the UAE, right? Exactly, we have like 150 nationalities here. Exactly, um, but what I find is that it tends to be men around between 30 and 45. Mm, not younger. Not younger. Mm. Um, they're not ready to open up, perhaps. Perhaps, or they just don't know that they need this, right? But the men that come all have one thing in common. These men are lonely, and that's the one thing. That they, the main thing I hear is I don't have any friends, and I hear that a lot in Dubai. I can think of a few people we know yeah. uh, between us exactly. that keep saying this. Exactly, I don't have any friends. I just have no one to talk to, and I just I came here to to make friends. So they came to the circle not with the the intention of talking, mm. but to connect and sure. just to make friends, um, which is interesting. And that's reason enough, I feel. Uh, yes. Um, so if I can just help to create a family and create uh, a unified. Um, Community, fantastic, hundred percent. But then, what comes out of the circle is far more profound, mm. and they end up coming back for more. Wow, yeah. Um, so, some of the reasons they come for, other than just being lonely, is oh, I need to express something. I need to get. I I know that I'm just not happy, or that something's missing, and I can't figure out what it is. I can't figure out what it is. Beautiful. Yeah, I can't figure out what it is, and I need to talk about it. So let's now head into some myths or some hard truths yep. that you've heard from these men who come to these circles. Yep. Common things like men say, like men are not supposed to cry and stuff. Let's find one by one and deconstruct them because that is what this show, Talk Wellness, is all about. What, right. What's your favorite? What's so, the one you hear the most? So the one I hear the hear the most is it's it's weak to share your emotions. It's weak to cry. Yeah, it's weak to cry. Mm. It's it's weak to just talk about your emotions, and every single man. I would say 85% of the men that I speak with say this. And a lot of the men that come to my circle are from, you know, an Arab background or Indian or Pakistani background and or uh, even European less Europeans, mm. less Europeans. Um so their cultural upbringing plays a huge part you know in in the thought process and 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 how they've been conditioned i was just about to ask you that what is the conditioning that has made like four generations of men starting say from maybe our great grandfathers yeah. is it the wars is it industrialization is it schooling education what what do you think why do you think this conditioning that men are not supposed to cry is something that's been accepted by so many generations that is such an amazing question i've never thought that far back i've never thought that far back I I think I, I, in the originally I, I think it, it could be with wars, right? I think originally it came down to the physicality first of all, mm. right? Men just needs to be strong. Yes, they went to wars. So Exactly. If they showed any weakness on the battlefield or anything like that, then they were considered mm, that's not going to do you any favors. Yeah. You know? And that's how I can imagine it continued. So I think there's some truth to that. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that could be the genesis of this thought. Yeah. But I I'm sure television and movies and uh, social media and popular media kind of promoted this and uh, the James Bond movies. Yeah. You know, James Bond doesn't cry. No. No, no, no. Look, I mean, this is something that we need and I am tackling head on, right? Mm. This this view of what it means to be a man. Mm. What it means to be masculine. Mm. So one of my taglines is I'm I'm redefining masculinity. That's what I want to do. And these stereotypes of what men should be are the things that are damaging to our society absolutely and also you know it's not just the men are, the men are contributing to it obviously but so are women mm. you know so that's mm. not being talked about they're expecting men to be like james bond yeah so some you know that is also being talked about 
That is also being talked about. And Ladies, gentlemen, if you're watching or tuned in, leave a comment. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on James Bond and the masculinity stereotype? I mean, I love the character, don't get me yeah, wrong. Me too. But uh, the stereotype of men are supposed to be suave and charming and not yeah. crying. So what I hear often, I we're digressing, but it's important. What I hear a lot from the women that I work with, or even women just like message me on my Instagram and say, oh, I wish more men would be emotional and speak up. Mm. I'm like, great. I'm like, but can you handle that? Mm. How? I'm glad you're asking them that. Yeah. I was like, if your man or your brother or your father cried to you or was emotional with you and, and told you some deep, dark truths, could you hold that space for them? Could you really be there to nurture and, 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 and not even and not see them? Or weak. judge them, just just yep. hold space for them. Yeah, or mm. not see them as someone that was weak and judge them for that. True. How do you even do that? Do you know how to make them feel safe? Mm. A lot of the reasons why men don't speak up is because they don't feel safe to do so. I love where our conversation is going on redefining what it means, means to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. And this being the most common thing that's said to you, uh, how, how, do you how do you help people get out of this pattern and this indoctrination? Uh, well, first of all, it's invite them to the men's circle. And I, I always tell them, you don't have to speak. Just this come. is a mini men's circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a men's circle can be two people. Just and you tuning in and watching, you're part of our men's circle. You are part of this men's circle. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, come to the men's circle. Just be part of it. Just sit and listen. And I promise you that you'll, you'll understand and feel the benefit of opening up and sharing something. Mm. And that it's courageous to actually share your truth absolutely that is fearlessness yeah exactly that's 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 strength and for me that's what it means to be masculine is to be able to hold yourself whilst bearing your soul you know strength and softness exactly one of my zen masters told me once he said uh, drop an egg on the floor what happens and it breaks he said Mm. okay boil the egg and drop it on the floor yeah what happens yeah he says if you're soft that is when you're strong and you can't be broken yeah Beautiful exactly. piece that of advice. Is, that is beautiful. But it's even, and even I can take away from that is you put it through some fire, it's pretty stronger. Exactly. <laughs> talk Wellness with Anjan on Talk 100.3. Let's head to the next common misconception that you hear all the time. Um, okay. Men are vilified for being angry. Mm. Right? So anger is bad. That's the view. Right? That's the view. My view um, is that anger is good. And the reason why is because anger shows us that we can feel emotion. And it's always the gateway to something deeper, usually sadness. Mm. Something that's or missing. fear. Yeah, sadness or fear. We feel that we're challenged, you know, um, for our egos are generally challenged. So we, we react and we're angry. And if we can just look past, look a bit deeper into that fear and have a correct or at least a, a more beneficial way of channeling that and be willing to look at it, you'll find that actually there's far more emotions at play. So I'm of the strong um, feeling that emotion, uh, anger as emotion is positive. Is more beneficial. More beneficial. In the yogic tradition, we don't judge anger. Mm. We had a very angry yogi. His name was Parashurama. And he achieved enlightenment through anger. That was the one emotion that he really struck strong. Mm. We also had another great sage called Durvasa. And even even today in the Indian yogic kind of circles, they say, don't be angry like Durvasa, mm. right? And he was, he was called Durvasa, the angry sage. And he would just curse and burn people down to ashes because he had those siddhis. And he found enlightenment or bliss through anger. Wow. 
So uh, this is amazing that you're saying that anger is neither good or bad. This is what I'm saying. But Adil is saying anger is good. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, as a way to show you mm. that you do feel. Absolutely. You know, and it's scary. We're told as men that we can't be angry because people are afraid of our anger. Mm. We were told for so many years in our wars, get angry, go do your thing. Win us our battles. But then how do we then teach channel. men to channel it? So that it doesn't become something toxic. Very true. You know? So uh, anger in, it, as such need not be good or bad. But remember that if it's hurting somebody, it's probably good to not be angry. Yes, <laughs> I, I agree. So, you know, I've been to many um, uh, meetups or at least sessions, which are called anger ceremonies, mm. where we actually are allowed and, and encouraged to get angry, but in a safe way. Yes, so absolutely. Stamping on the floor, even smashing rocks or throwing things just to get it out. I had one six months ago. Oh, really? A tantric anger releasing ceremony. Please, please, please tell me Next time. More. We'll do okay. it together next time. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, what's the next myth that um, you hear commonly? Okay. Uh, men don't cry. Mm, big one. Yeah. Men shouldn't cry. Um, yeah, I mean, even that alone. I, I struggled for many years to cry. The last major time that my I, I cried was when... Um, my dad left, mm. so I was 17, and that was a big cry. But then since then, I just couldn't for so many years. And I definitely took that, to the, maybe if you, if you look back and think, I was told to be man, man of the house at the same time, and I couldn't cry after that. And I was told that it's not, you know, it's not okay to, even when you're young, big boys don't cry, mm. be strong, stay strong. Correct. These are the statements we get programmed with. Exactly. So even if this, like, you're, at the time, it, the intention isn't, it's a good thing, it's like, you know, could just kind of get up and carry on. Over time, that conditioning is just hardwired. True. Um, but crying is just a beautiful way to express, and suppressing it is only going to do us more harm than good. So I encourage the men to cry. And actually, sometimes in the circle, men do cry. Mm. And we had one guy share a few weeks back, and it was such a heartbreaking share that every single man had tears in his eyes. Beautiful. But it was still tears in his eyes and not crying. Yes. Because we were all just either too scared to show it or, you know, or it just can't come out. Sometimes yes. I get that lump in my throat and I want it to become something more. Like I just want to have a big cry. It still can't come. Um, uh, recently, my grandmother passed away and I felt really guilty that I didn't cry. You know, I couldn't go home back to my family in the UK. I couldn't get emotional. I couldn't cry. And I was forcing it. And uh, that was a bit of a struggle for me. Mm. It took some time. I eventually did have a little cry, but it was just a little cry. Yeah. Um, but I have this, me personally, I have this feeling that I just want to. But I do encourage the men in the circle, feeling that I just want to. But I do encourage the men in the circle, let your emotions out. You know, it's important. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. I actually wanted to spend a few moments on this episode, which is episode five, to talk about circles. Yeah. So um, you, you do men's circles. And I want to ask you your perspectives on why you feel a circle actually works compared to other shapes in which humans can stand a square, a triangle, you know, like the theater seating where uh, traditional yoga classes where there's a teacher and everybody's facing yeah. him. Um, the circle is important because I feel <coughs> it's, it promotes equality. Equality. Yes. Yeah. It means that we're all uh, the same in the circle. Absolutely. We're all, we're all equal. We're all facing each other. There's no, even me as a facilitator, I'm not leader. That's right. I'm Just not, first among equals. Exactly. Mm. We all, we can all look each other in the eye. 
In the tantric tradition, we do circles most of the time, especially mm. for all my classes. And these are the two key points. One is I'm not a teacher there. Yeah. I'm just sharing perspectives. Cool. And every one of us is teaching each other. Yeah. Two is you can see everybody's eye. Yeah. What are the reasons do you feel? Uh, I think it promotes safety. Mm. That closed circle Absolutely. promotes safety. It makes the men feel that they have a brother next to them and a brother in front of them. And they're just, they're, they, they can be... Now, I, I have an interesting anthropological kind of thought to this. Okay. The reason that humans used to start sitting in circles when we were small tribes yeah. and hunter-gatherers is so that we could always watch each other's back, mm. safety. Like so that. when you're sitting around the fire in a circle, yeah. if an animal was to come from any direction, somebody would be able to see it. I like that. Or if another tribe was attacking from some, or some movement, something that's... Uh, risking the safety of the group, somebody would be able to see it. So, so safety I, is a very good point. Exactly. So I guess I was thinking safety of being able to speak to each other, but I guess it's the same yeah, thing. I guess absolutely. even the people in the circle back in mm. the, those days of the tribes, they could only really feel comfortable to speak anyway if they knew that the lions were behind them. Yes, true. If they had to worry about the animals attacking them in the jungle where they were living in their tribe, tribal whatever settlements. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay, well, what else? I have one more thought. You have any more? Mm. Why circles are so beautiful. No, tell me. So the thing with this circle is you can be connected to all at the same time hmm. just by being connected to the person on your right and your left. Oh, okay, I like that. Right, it's like so it's, it's kind of like, yeah. a, like a loop that yeah. goes on and on yeah. uh, compared to any other shape which has sharp points yeah. where energy, thoughts, information can leak out. Even in uh, physics and aerodynamics and quantum physics, mm. a circle is a circular loop is where the energy is most. Uh, that's why the Large Hadron Collider yeah. is in a circular or oval um, shape. That makes sense. That makes sense. Obviously, I never think about these things from an energetic point of view. That's right. Um, but I can I can appreciate that. That's why we love circles. Let's let's talk about. I ask this to all my guests. Okay. A biggest failure that you had, and what did you learn from it? Oh, okay. Um, honestly, I was look at my previous relationships, mm. um, and I I see them as failures in a way, not wholly, but in a way, because I let them down by not being the best version of myself. Sure. Because I didn't understand myself, but I took them all as lessons because every single relationship is a mirror and they will always teach you something. Mm. Um, but I did see them as failures at the beginning and I always felt like I was a failure whenever I left a relationship um, because I didn't want to be like, so for example, my, my father left two marriages um, and I used to always see them as bad things mm. and I always considered myself that I don't want to be like my father. It doesn't mean it's bad. In your sessions, do you also break the stigma of how when two people separate, it's not really a failure. It's yeah. just them realizing that they don't want to be with each other and there's no value to each other. Correct. And therefore, it's actually a success. Correct. Because they've realized that, hey, you don't add value to me, so I don't want to be with you. So the thing so that it's I, not a failure, it's a success. Exactly. So, but the thing that, so I, I don't always express it like that, but what I do talk about are um, boundaries, mm. integrity, and honesty. Now, if you're honest with yourself, like really honest with yourself, and you can create the right boundaries with yourself and with other people, you can move through life happily Absolutely. and ensure that you're doing what you need to do for yourself. And it doesn't mean that it's so bad for the other person, for example. You know? As a practical yogi, I love these little tips you're giving yeah. because this is the essence of yoga. Yeah. Uh, it's creating consensual boundaries. Yeah. It's understanding your own inner space, yeah. thereby not seeing the other person as different. And you're giving a practical angle to it. I love that. Yeah. So... Honestly, the the thing I find most with the people that come to my circle, the men, they don't have a voice. Mm. 
And when they don't have a voice, they can't be honest. So they suppress their honesty. True. And when they suppress their honesty, they go look for things in other places. Mm. Distractions. So, distractions, coping mechanisms, vices. I call Dubai the city of lost boys. <laughs> because you can come here and get completely lost. And lost girls, so lost humans. Well, in this case, obviously working with men. But yeah, lost humans. But uh, that said, in Dubai, there's a huge movement of consciousness happening yeah. now. And uh, you're at the forefront of this. And you have uh, uh, a nice community that yeah. you're building up. And the perception for the world, which is one of the things I want to break with this show, Talk Wellness, because yeah. people from all around the world are listening and watching, is that Dubai is now a hub yeah. for conscious movement, for yeah. living with awareness, for spirituality, for yeah. mental health, for for wellness for and it's brilliant how this city is becoming slowly the center of the world yeah. for everything to do with self-development literally for everything but what i want to also talk about is is there's still there is still a huge divide mm. right i'm still i feel like i can be a bridge between the esoteric and the spiritual world and the corporate world um, because i've lived it both and i can show men in my circle that we can still get deep and spiritual Absolutely. without sitting in yoga pants holding mala beads. And this know? this is the this is why we're aligned. This yeah. is the essence of my practice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a practical yogi wearing a suit. Yeah. Think about it. Doing a radio show and a podcast. Love it. Yeah, but deep in self regulation yeah. constantly. So my my mission is to bring this to as many men and ultimately as many women. I love it. Around the world as possible, making it accessible. Amazing. Yeah. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Could have been videos, podcasts, people. People. People, coaches. So name name some of the resources. So Alex Cottle, Alexander Cottle. Shout out to Alexander. Yeah, he was my first ever men's coach. Uh, Gerald Limongeli from the from uh, from the States. Shout he, out to Jared. Gerald. Gerald. Shout uh, out to he Gerald. was another amazing coach of mine. Um, Jan Tanaway, um, another coach, never, uh, became a really good friend. Shout out to Jan. Yeah, hey Jan. Um, these guys have been instrumental, you know, like, yes, and also communities and, and friends and partners. And these people in my life have been instrumental in me learning about myself. The relationships were mirrors, like I said, like I mentioned before, but my coaches help to guide my thoughts and help unblock certain things in my life. Talk wellness with Anjan. What do you wish you had known 10 years ago? Well, 10 years ago, I was 23. Um, pursue something that makes you happy mm. for yourself. Check in with yourself. Spend time with yourself. Spend time alone. I did not spend time alone. I always needed distraction. I didn't know why. Um, looking back, I know it's because I just wanted love. I just wanted love. Um, spend time on the things that you really want for yourself. Don't pursue things because other people are asking you to. You know, look at your belief systems. Are they your beliefs or are they someone else's? True. And do your best to undo those belief systems that don't serve you. That's a lot yeah. of learning in 10 years, buddy. Well done. Yeah. For your great, great, great grandchildren, what is the wisdom that you'd like to pass on? Um, pretty much that. Check in with yourself <laughs> every single day. Spend time alone. Um, and the most beautiful thing about life is community mm. and love. Mm. And to pursue love and community above everything else. Everything else that we try to strive for in this Western world or this commercial world is our material. Um, but you can't take anything with you to be present. Very true. To be present and live life, you know? Life can be simple. It doesn't have to be as stressed out as we make yeah. it out to be. The drama is in your head. Yes. Everything is simple. Everything is in your head. Keep it simple. What are the common things that come up during these men's circles, like issues? Mm. So key thing, as I kind of made, alluded to earlier... Um, was the suppression of the voice, right? I can't be honest with my partner. 
I don't know how to say this to them. Mm. Um, and is is it only with regard to relationships? No, or I can't say this not. to my boss. 100%. I can't say this to my so yes, neighbors. it's a question of voice. Yeah. So a lot of the men come because they are unhappy with elements of their life, mm. and it's always, always, always linked to not speaking up. Mm. I can't tell my boss this. I'm just so you just whinge and 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 moan rather than any action uh, with their siblings. I can't speak my truth with my siblings. I can't tell my parents how I really feel. There are so many stories of men who just are feeling so much pain by their parents, but they can't say anything because of culture, for example. We just don't speak up to our parents. It's not the way it is, or you know, nothing's going to change, or this is just what it's like in our families, you know? And that's, that's a, it becomes quite heartbreaking to hear this mm. when I feel from personally the solution is so simple. Let me teach you how to have a conversation with your, with your family or your loved one. You know, let me help you create that safe space. But let's first go within and really find out what it is that you need. Yep, yep, very true. Yeah. Because it's so normalized and normal necessarily need not be nice. Yep, no, exactly. So we're not really encouraged to have difficult conversations. Yes. We're just encouraged to go to school and learn about trigonometry. But how many of us have learned how to have conflict management training or, or even just very true. how to build rapport or create a safe space or how to listen. Well, if you're an educator and you're listening or watching this, why don't you urge your school and curriculum and governing bodies to put these things yep. into education, into the syllabus? 100% agree. What else comes up? Boundaries. I don't know how to set boundaries. I don't even know what boundaries are, but the way it comes up in the circle are by being triggered. Mm. So something pisses them off. Mm. I'm not happy with this. Or uh, a lot of the time, men are doing so much for their families, so much for their friends, they're givers. Give us some examples. Mm. Okay, so um, they, they're the chauffeur for the family. Always picking this person up, taking that person here, doing all these things. Um, I'm the, the breadwinner for the family. I'm supporting them financially. Um, you know, just, I am there all the time. I have no time for myself. Um, so they're doing it because they think that they should but they don't know how to say no mm. because they they perceive no to be bad and no means they're going to be judged and no means they won't be loved. But what happens is they end up feeling stressed, angry, course, annoyed, frustrated, unfulfilled, dysfunctional. Yeah. Right. So they, they don't know how to have, they don't know how to say no, mm. no with love. Doesn't matter because everyone takes things personally. Absolutely. Or the majority of people do take things personally. So, so as simple as no honey, let's hire a driver. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I've had it in the past, like, I, I just want you to want to wash up. I don't want to wash up, right? Mm. Um, but even saying like that, you need to find a way. So you true. can say no with a solution. Fantastic. True, true. And men are generally solution-orientated. Very true. Um, so let's use our power. But let's try and say no and, and find a way around it, you know? But when we do things when we don't want to, it's likely that it can put up resentment. Mm. So when I speak with the men, I say, look, you can keep doing this and keep being the yes man but that resentment will, will build up the and compromise will, creates resentment that will build up and then one day it'll just explode if you really want to compromise then do it from the heart true do it because you really want as to as a sacrifice then it's no longer a compromise right exactly so you're like okay I am willing to do this don't do something because you think you should and then you hold that resentment find a way to sacrifice and do it with love talk wellness with Anjan. This is something I ask all my guests, your daily routines. Name something you do every day without yeah. fail. Oh, um, other than brush my teeth, I, I meditate and I journal and I work out. Beautiful. Every single day. Beautiful. They've become three pillars of my life. This is called the pursuit of relaxation. I ask all my guests, what are your thoughts on happiness? There are things that make me happy and it's fully in my control. 
So happiness I, is fully in your control. Happiness is fully in my control, and I can I can decide when I want to be happy. All of my thoughts are choices, um, but it's taken me a long time to get there. And there are still times where I find it difficult to step out of negative thought patterns, for example. Mm. Um, but I should have to be happy every day. And I come back to the thought that life isn't forever. My mortality keeps me in check. My mortality, or yeah. the mortality of your body. The mortality of now my body. Now we're going deep into yeah, I'm, I'm happy to Advaita philosophy yeah. of the eternality of uh, the essence of who you are. So the physicality, right? Physicality, the mortality yes. of my of body. The physicality. Yes. But with science today, I mean, uh, they're, they're finding out how to cryo-freeze your body and uh, take out your neural patterns and put it on a chip so you can get another body that's cryo-frozen. And with AI and transhumanism, there's so much happening. I mean, by that, the time that, we're that like doesn't sound fun. 50, I'd... 60, 70, there could be processes in which lifespan could be enlarged to... 500 years well i i i do not want to see the state of the world in 500 years if that's what they're looking at doing now the minute we started wearing wristwatches yeah contact lenses pacemakers we were already no longer biological mm. we we're already extending lifespans with technology it's true actually i mean, I mean I, we, we, with this device we yeah. have like a computer a supercomputer in our hands yeah. and next thing you know it's a chip that's going to be implanted in your brain and you can connect direct connect directly to the metaverse <laughs> I've got the metaverse. Don't even get me started on that. Okay, this segment's called the Stress Buster. Five ways or tips that you have to get rid of stress. Have a morning routine. Uh, get sun. So get outside and get and, and get some sun. Look after your health. Easy in Dubai to yeah, get sun. Definitely easy in, in, in Dubai. Look after your um, health. Look after your health. And I mean that, you know, really look after your health. Really take stock of what you're putting in your body. And that's what this entire show is about because yeah. it is about your health, your well being. Not just your physical well-being, but your mental well-being, emotional well-being, your yeah. spiritual well-being, your uh, social well-being, your financial well-being, your occupational yeah. well-being. So yeah. look after all of that. Yeah. So we've got the three. Three. Do more things that you enjoy and laugh every day. Laugh every day. I love <laughs> that. I love that. Okay. Uh, this one's called shipwreck. If you had to be shipwrecked on an island and you yeah. had the basics provided like food, clothing, shelter, what are the two items you would want to have with you? Oh, I want to have my Harry Potter books. And a bottle of rum. I know this wouldn't be wellness, but I would love that. Cool. Uh, wear Anjan's footwear, or the lack of it, because I do my show barefoot. This right. is called that. If you could step into my footwear, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? Hmm. I would have asked myself, what did I need 15 years ago when my dad first left? What did you need 15 years ago when your dad <laughs> first left? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a big brother that was around me all the time. And I do have a big brother, and he's amazing. But we weren't as close then. We, mm. we started to become close. I needed a support network. I needed someone to be on my side to say, actually, you know what? I got you, and you can talk to me, and it's not all up to you. You needed men's circles. I needed a men's circle, exactly. I know you're <laughs> going to say that. I needed a group of men. And I had friends, but we didn't know how to... And it wouldn't have done uh, you enough just as if it was a mixed gender circle? So I've been part of mixed gender circles. Very scary at the beginning, but they're beautiful. Let, let's spend a few moments talking about the difference between like human circles, men's circles, women's circles, because now the trend in Dubai and many places around the world, there's yeah. a lot of women's circle and yeah. feminine embodiment yeah. kind of uh, movements that are okay. happening. This is so important. Women's circles are so popular because women don't feel safe around men. Mm. Okay, And I do not blame them. The world that we live in has vilified women and it has... Objectified, them, objectified it has caused them to feel unsafe around men okay now i've heard so many stories heartbreaking stories from almost every woman that i know has been affected in this way right whether it's abuse whether it's whatever it's going to be 
and they need to create a safe space. They need to tap back into the femininity. Mm. And then, you know, when it comes to the rise of like feminism and also coming into the workplace and the way that the world's changed the last 50 years, they didn't know how to bring their feminine energy into the masculine world. So they, instead, they became masculine and lost the feminine edge. You know, so they thought that to be successful in business or in, in life, I have to be manly or masculine. So they need to go and tap back into that. Men are being, are faced with the rise of feminism and feel like it's an attack on them. But that's not. It's just that women need a way to feel more comfortable with themselves and to feel that unity. So women's circles are fantastic for tapping back into their feminine flow. Men's circles are amazing for encouraging them to tap into the feminine flow too, actually. By speaking and being emotional and then tapping into that, they actually are moving through masculine and feminine energies, which is what's, which is what's needed. Now, what I'm also working on now is bringing the two together. And I had a really great conversation the other day with Roger, and we, we had an event together, which is about Brit doing exactly that. Beautiful. And, to, and tomorrow, I'm at an event called Ecstatic Groove, where I am leading a men's and women's circle in the desert. That's amazing. Because what's the point doing this individually? How do we heal the world? We bring everyone together That's and it. we encourage the conversations that aren't being had and we create safety and love and trust between everyone. And this is why we are so aligned because all my circles, I've never really separated men's circles, women's circles, but all my circles have had human beings, no matter what their gender identity yeah, is. Exactly. So my circles are important because I'm, I'm tapping into as many men as possible. True. Whereas I feel like in some other circles, it might be those that are already more spiritually inclined, mm. a bit more already conscious. Mm. I'm trying to get the guys that don't know they need this. Well done. Yeah. Well done. My last question for you today before I let you go. If um, you probably have some kind of motto written down, maybe on your phone, on your notebook, on a mirror in the wall, what is this one thing? And share it with our viewers and listeners also. The one thing that I say the most often is one conversation can change your life. And that's all I'm doing. I'm just encouraging conversations. So, and... Love always wins. Do you have this written down somewhere? One conversation can change your life. It's written on my website. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, 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 where, I, it's where I have it. It's everywhere. Now speaking of website, how can people find you on the internet? So the best way to get me actually is on my Instagram, which is and at Adil Coaches Men. We'll tag him for sure. Yep. And my website is called notjustaman.co.uk, um, where you can find out everything about me, learn more about me, and uh, also sign up for coaching if that's something that you're interested in. It's been incredible talking to you, Adil. Thanks so much for dropping by Thank and you. sharing the power of men's circle. Any last words you want to share with everybody watching and listening? Yes, 100%. Guys, go and have a conversation with someone. Ask them how they are. Ask them how they are, really. And don't be afraid to go there. And when they say, I'm fine, go beyond that. Yep. Tell them that's a social answer. Tell me, how are you really? Exactly. How are you really? I'm good. No, no, go beyond. Exactly. So that's what I'm going to leave you with Beautiful, today. man. We're aligned on that. Thanks so much for dropping by. You just got episode five of Talk Wellness. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. And I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only. And you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours. Always consult your own doctor, therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes. And we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends, your family, your circles and talk about it. That's why we call this series Talk Wellness. We need your support to get the conversation around well-being 
to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode, episode 6, is going to feature Henrik Hogan, who is a strength and muscle building specialist and a seven times men's health cover model. And we will be talking about how strength training is for everyone. Thank you once again for listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste.